I am afraid. I'm Jonah, but I'm, gonna, I'm afraid. We run, got on the boat, got out of here. You know, I, I just need to get out of here. I'm afraid. And I am stuck. You know, where, you know where Jonah ended up in the belly of the whale at the bottom of the sea? You could not get any lower than life. He could not get himself out. It was just a matter of, I'm not going anywhere. I'm stuck. That relates to a lot of us in life, of places that you've been. I'm afraid I am stuck. Then he cried out to God from the belly of the whale, and the Lord heard me. And all these things that transpire from there, what God did in there. And you know what God did? God spit him up on the shoreline, and he was set, and he was free. I am free. Then last week, we talked about what God talked to him right after he was on the shoreline. God came to him on the shoreline and said, all right, Jonah, you ready? Go to Nineveh. He's like, wait a minute, Lord, I messed up. Lord, I, I know what you called me to do the first time, but Lord, I made a mess of my life. I fell on my face. I made mistakes. You know what God did? God cleaned him up. We talked about the restoration. I am restored. Now what does God do with somebody that is restored? What can God do with us? Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I, I, want, I want to pull us into reality, okay? We look in America right now. And I see the posts, I know this, and I'm not harping on these things because they're just all around us every day. I, I feel disheartened when we look at the condition of our, na- our nation, of where we're at and all the things that are going down. It breaks my heart to know what we have become compared to what we were. I, I read in an article last night of a teen star, a, a famous teen star, that they're working together with the network that they have their, their show on saying, we need to have a stronger influence on the children that we're reaching with the LGTB community. And th- this girl was four- 14 years old. 14 years old. And her mission and her heart is to say, we need to reach more of them. We need to touch them. We need, we need to raise up these kids to know that this is good and okay. And she put in this whole article of all these things going on with that. Pornography is sweeping through our entertainment and through our social media. God has been kicked out of our government and our public schools. False religions are growing rapidly in our city and in our nation. nation. There's a drastic moral decline, increase in drugs, and epidemic of heroin, especially here in Columbus. Columbus is the fifth leading city in America for human trafficking. Did you guys know that? Columbus, Ohio. America has become the fastest growing mission field. Do you guys know that we are the third or fourth largest mission field, the third or fourth largest mission field in the world? We are on the verge of an epic change in our moral culture. As we now look at same-sex marriage, transgender laws, and legalizing uh, recreational drugs. You sit there and say, man, it's just, it just seems overwhelming. And, and so much of this has transpired even recently of all these changes. And before you guys say, man, you're just in here harping on all this stuff. I'm going to ask you guys, and I don't want to show hands, but in your heart, would you admit that a lot of us have just literally gotten feeling like it's hopeless for America? Well, we get there and just say, hey, they're, far, they're, they're too far gone. It's a mess. They've, they've kicked out God. They've turned their back on God. They don't care about God. All these other things. And I would have to ask you, Jonah, let me ask you, Jonah, right now, as you're talking to me, Jonah, is anything too hard for God? And I, and I know, and before you get into it, you're going to say, Pastor Tony, I get that. But the thing about it is, the Bible says in the last days, in the last days, I know about what the Bible says in the last days. 
There's going to be in a fallen away. There's going to be those things. But I'm here to tell you, the last days, if, as long as we still have this present, there's still hope for this, these last days. Amen. I'm not ever going to say that it's going to be like it was. I'm not saying that. But how dare we think that God cannot reach, change, or save people even in the midst of this culture. But sometimes our actions... That's right. We might not say it, but our actions show it. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. We'll go through chapter 3 today. Jonah stood on the shoreline. He was restored and he just said, I am yours. Lord, what, what, what do you want to do with me? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do, Lord? Whatever you want. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. That great city and preach unto, preach unto it the preaching. So what do we learn from chapter 3? Chapter 3, we get into it and I'm going to show you just two points today. Number one, we have a responsibility. I, I know that's basic and simple, but I, th- this pack, past week I, I have an interesting number of days in a row right here. Uh, Logan uh, turned 13. I have two teenagers in my house. Can I, can I get an oh me? Pray for you, Pastor Tony. Morgan, Morgan tomorrow, uh, she just got baptized. Morgan tomorrow turns 10. She turns 10, so she hit double digits. And, and, and Jordan, uh, it turns, turns 15. He gets his permit this year. It's just, I am getting old really fast is what I'm saying. Yes, yes. I, I turn 40 in August, and they are... Without a doubt, my wife would identify that Jen and I would stand together and admit to you that our children, outside of our salvation, is the greatest blessing in our life. But I I want to keep in mind as I say that in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, the second part, for unto whomsoever much is given of him, much is required. To whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. See, the blessings of my kids... Come with responsibilities. Would every parent here agree with that right now? The blessings of our kids come with responsibilities. When I brought those kids home, they started crying. I had to feed them. They they don't wait eight hours to do it again. You you feed them, you change them, you take care of them, you do this. It's a constant responsibility. I've got a responsibility to teach them, to train them, to love them, to lead them, to take care of them, to educate them, to put a roof over their head and clothes on their back. You know why? God said, you love that blessing? That blessing came from me. That blessing belongs to me. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Can you guys guys imagine if uh, I, I, I didn't take care of my kids? And I was... I didn't give them an education. I didn't feed them. I didn't care for them. But you saw me walking around, pulling out my wallet, showing pictures on my phone. Man, alive. I'm so glad to be a dad. Look at what God gave me. Man, all this. Turn around and say, well, hey, Tony, that, that's, I love the picture. But, but what about your kids not being in school? What, what about the fact that they're hungry? What, what about the fact? And you say, well, to whom much is given, much shall be required. It's, just, it's not just, yay, look what God has given me. God says, what are you doing with what I've given you? See, Jonah recognized his responsibility. Jonah chapter 3, verse 3. So Jonah arose and he went. So Jonah arose and he went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. 
You see, we have a responsibility, but we've got to understand that that responsibility requires action. It requires action. God had a plan, and the plan required action. I want you guys to do something. I don't always do this, but I want you to pause there in Jonah. I want you to turn to the New Testament in Luke chapter 19. I want to bring this into our day and age. I want to see the application, the commandment that Jesus came we're here, God, God called us to make disciples. He called us to follow him. He called us to do as he did. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. And here, here's, this is Jesus preaching. And he said, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Do you understand how important that is? And I quote that all the time. He didn't come just to pamper and to pat that which was saved. But he came to seek and to save that which was lost. There was an urgency about what he did. The heartbeat of Christ was to seek and to save. It literally means he was on a search and rescue mission of going to find those that were lost, those that were dying, those that were hurting, those that were messed up. He targeted them. The save part literally means to rescue, to give them what they need, to give them what they did not have. Luke 19, 11, listen to this. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem. Because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. That, that last phrasing right there is really cool because it means busy oneself until I come. Stay busy with the job that I'm giving you until I come back. That's the job. The root word of that literally means to be about business, to make a matter or to do the work. This week right here at the church, you talk about taking action. Reaching people doesn't just happen. Going Nineveh did not happen just be, or, or they weren't saved just by a whim. Here, Jonah gets up, he goes to them, he marches in the city, and then God does the work. I, I, how many of you guys noticed the, the pillars, all the sticks up in the parking lot, out in the yard where you're coming in? You're probably wondering what they're constructing out there. Out there they're, they're actually building banners out, out in there to where it, make it more accessible for people to be able to read everything going on in Vacation Bible School. Aaron was out there, he was digging this past week, Pastor Dave and Mike and them are going out there to do that. Trying to get it done. You know why? It takes work and it takes action. You know, I, I love what God did with our drama, but none of that happened by accident. It took work and it took action. This, this week we had people back p- putting this stuff together for the yard sale, allowing us to be able to reach more people through Broad Street Mission and those things. And you say, why? why let, let's, just, let's just have Broad Street Mission. It doesn't work that way. It takes work and it takes action. Things don't just happen. Every time that Jesus was looking up, he was trying to figure out ways to go to people to make it happen. We're getting ready to go to Thailand, and it doesn't just happen. We have all the work to do around the church. It doesn't just happen. See, it requires action. Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh. You know why? Because according to the work or the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city, three days' journey. You can imagine the overwhelming cast that he was given. It doesn't mean he had three days to get there. To walk from one end of Nineveh to the other end of Nineveh, it took three days. It was that big of a city. It required action. Here's the other thing. Our responsibilities require obedience. He said, according to the word of the Lord. 
This is not an option. It's not a suggestion. It, it, it's, not, it's not an opinion that God gave. It wasn't a suggestion. VBS is coming. and I, I ask you guys, why are we doing this? Because it matters to God. Hey, you know how I was reading at the beginning of it and I said that I read that article that there's this agenda and they're going after the kids and they're banding together to come up with creative ways of winning kids over to this side? How dare we get showed up by the devil of doing his work? Do you guys agree with me on that? If the, if the devil is going to go after the kids of our nation, how much more should we be built up and stirred up in our hearts to go after them ourselves? Now, I'm going to tell you guys, this is, this is a little crazy. You said, I thought this was about obedience. Pastor Dave, no joke, Pastor Dave has this vision of pulling these thing, kids in by using the Star Wars thing. Did you guys all see this? First of all, the, the, just the sign-up table looks like something from Disney World. He's, he's gone all, all out with this. But he's got this idea that he's going to build this space shuttle in the middle of the stage. And, and he's going to actually put it on the lift that we have. And when the stage starts going off on the thing, the thing's going to go up in the air and the laser's going to go and all the kids are going to go crazy. And you, you say, why in the world would you do that? I'm going to tell you guys why. This is the deep spiritual reason why. Because it's cool. And do you know what kids like? Kids like things that are cool. And if kids like things that are cool and they're going to come see something that is cool, while they're hearing something that's cool, they're going to hear something that's great. You say, why do you put all this work into them? Because the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every child, to every kid that's being lied to, that every child that's being taught that there is no God, to every person that said that God doesn't care. We're going to change that because we're going to obey God. There's obedience. It requires obedience. Verse 4, notice the message that he was preaching. In verse 4, he said, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Forty days. It's a three-day journey into it. So you can imagine, forty days. Day two, thirty-nine days. Day three, thirty-eight days. You can imagine what that would be like to enter into the city and there was this urgency. God is going to judge. God is going to pour out his wrath upon you. I wish we had a deadline. We don't have a deadline. The Bible says he's going to come in an hour that you think not. The Bible says that he's going to come as a thief in the night. But I tell you, you know what we do have? We have warning signs. We have all these things that the Bible says must come to pass, must come to pass. You know what? They have come to pass. Everything that we talk about has already come to pass. And here we're on this thing where we're just waiting any moment. And we don't know. Do you guys see? There must be an urgency uh, in, the, in the days of Jonah. As he went and as he preached, he was sitting there, guys, this is important. To understand that hell is real and hell is forever and it does not stop. And every time somebody enters into that stage, and I know this is not popular today, but let me tell you, it is truth today. The truth of the matter is people don't go to heaven without Jesus and people do go to hell in their sin. Every time God calls us to do something, there's an urgency in his heart when he calls us to do it. 
How dare that there's not an urgency in our lives or in our hearts as God calls us to do it. You think about that. Any day, it could be over. Any moment could be over. We think about all the things that we've got going on in our lives. God called them. You can imagine. I'm not going to over-spiritualize this, but you can imagine. Lord, I'll go, but Lord, I'm yours. But man, they are, Lord, they are in a mess. Have you ever thought, if they would just listen, if I could just speak truth, if I could just, haven't you ever wanted to go to somebody that's an atheist or says they're an atheist and just shake them and say, where do you think you came from? <laughs> a big blob of goo, you know, just monkeys, all right. Some people I know, they look like they came from a monkey, but that's not the reality of the heritage that we have. The truth of the matter is we were created by God and for God and to be with God. And the truth that we have in our hands must be given to them. And I read the second part. Not only do we have a responsibility, but the second thing and the last thing is we hold the power. I guarantee that Jonah was apprehensive. You you can imagine entering to the city. And I know we look at it and Jonah went into the city, he preached and they were saved. Yeah, it's over. It's not that easy. Can you imagine just walking up to the city? Prostitutes all over. People drunk, screaming, hollering at each other. The Bible says it was an exceedingly wicked city. One of the worst reported history, God-hating nations that ever lived. They would torture people for entertainment. It was was a, a, a very sick society that they lived in. Can you imagine getting to that city and walking in, feeling way out of place and way uncomfortable. Have you guys ever tried to speak up at work and you knew that everybody was not excited about what you were saying about a church activity or whatever, and you get that, you know, you know, God's with you, but you just get that sinking feeling in your heart, like everybody's staring you down and everybody hates you, and you know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine walking in there? And I don't know what the first day was like. I can imagine maybe he was like, hey guys, uh, Judgment's coming and maybe, you know, I, I don't know what it was like. But maybe, maybe it was the opposite. Maybe he just had that boldness of knowing what God had done. And getting on a, a, an apple crate or something one day on a, on a rock or whatever and standing before the people. You can imagine the first time that he's standing there and he's trying to get the point of cross. And he's preaching unto them. And the Bible says in the first verse, and preach unto thee, unto them the preaching that I bid thee. He said, Jonah, you don't have to come up with a message. You don't have to come up with a creative outline. You don't even have to come up with what to say. He said, just go preach the word to them and watch what happens. Verse 4, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, 40 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I don't know what the first one was like, but I know that the message began to bother them. See, God was reaching their hearts and they saw their need. And Jonah was probably shocked when he saw the first man stop and listen. Can you imagine the first time that the guy got on his knees and began to put up his hands and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. And Jonah's looking at him like, what? Because in Jonah's mind, the reason why he ran the first time is he didn't think that was possible. But then all of a sudden, it began to happen everywhere. And the more he preached and the further he went, the more it happened. See, the Bible says that what we have in our hands holds extreme power. And and I know know you guys know this already, but let me remind you about something. 
In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know how he did that? He spoke it. Elohim, God, spoke the words and created universes. I know for us as Christians, we've heard that so many times, and we're like, yeah, I know that. He created everything. He spoke his words and created the Milky Way. He spoke his words and created the ocean. He spoke his words and created the environment around us. Every planet, Jesus was in the flesh. He spoke the words and demons ran. He spoke the words and the, the death, the, those that were dead came to life. He spoke his words and gave sight to the blind, legs to the lame. He gave mobility to those that could not move by speaking the words. The word of God. Do you guys get that? It's, it's not just the good book. It's not just something that was passed on to us. I hold in my hands the word of God. The Bible made some promises about the word of God. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11, So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the things wherein I send it. Plain and clear what God was saying in this. It shall accomplish that which it pleases. We may not fully understand it, but there's power that happens when we proclaim the word of God. There's actions. As we say the words of God, the Bible says it goeth out. You can imagine the spirit of God as we unleash truth. The Bible says it goes out and it starts impacting hearts and shaking up people's minds and opening their eyes and helping them to see the truth. You can imagine on that day, Monday, June 20th, and the seat that you're sitting in right now. A, a child that maybe his dad said, you can go to that church and get the candy, but I, I tell you what, I don't believe in that. that religion is nothing more than a band-aid. You can imagine as he hears his uncle cursing and, and, and people talking about using God as a, as a curse word rather than praise. Then he walks into a church because he was invited by somebody in this room. And he walks in and he sits in a chair and he's sitting there waiting for the skits to go on. And Pastor Dave flies out with his shuttle and all the craziness goes on. He's standing there in all of what, all the fun and things that he's having. And then just some preacher stands up and walks over and grabs his Bible we begin to speak and maybe he's just sitting there going, oh, that's a cool story or an illustration or whatever. But what's happening spiritually behind the scenes is the power of God is being released into that room. And the words of God begin to go down. And the Bible says that the words of God are quick and powerful. If you break that down, the word quick means alive. It means as I'm speaking, God is working. The words are alive literally mean the words travel, the words go, the words sit, the words shake, the words open their eyes. You're telling me that God can't save kids? God can save any one of us. In the middle of this nation where they are so wicked and so blinded, the Bible says that the word of God, it went out and it accomplishes that which I please. It does what you cannot. The word of God is read when the word of God is preached. Let me put it like this. Don't, don't ever downplay this. When the word of God is taught through a movie, 
God can work. Do you know what it was like for my daughter? And I'm not going to tell you the whole story because I don't want to embarrass her of all the details around it. To walk in my room, jump on my bed and sit there as I'm reading, and she says, Daddy, she began to tell me how God worked in her heart watching the movie War Room. And she bowed in our bedroom and gave her heart to Christ through that. You say, wow, what a great movie. No, what a great God. The, the word of God is powerful and it goes out and it does what he wants it to do. If I had it again, that vest, oh, it's over here, cool. This is all I am. I'm the vessel to carry the most powerful truth ever known to man. You say, well, I'd sign up, but I have nothing to give. If you've got this, you've got it all. God, God doesn't make us and have us sit there and act like we're not important. No, we're all important. We all have a purpose. It goes out and it does what God wants it to do. And the Bible says it will never return void. It will never fail. It will never come back empty. Some of you have gone to your classes before. You've taught junior church or Sunday school. And you've walked out of there before thinking, I did not connect to any of them. I wasted my time. That is impossible. The word of God can never return void. Sometimes we plant and sometimes we water. And sometimes that planting gets tedious because you don't see any of the results. Nobody's ever planted a garden, walked out there the next day and picked fruits or vegetables. It, it doesn't work that way. But I tell you, we water, we do. It's a process. Let me put it like this. It's work and it takes action. But God always gives the increase. See what happens. Verse 5, And so the people of Nineveh believed God. And they proclaimed a fast. And they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The rich and the poor. The young and the old. You see, the power that we hold, it convicts. It convicts. You realize how many times I've talked to my kids about God. Do you realize how many times I've been driving to church in the morning and carrying on conversations? Do you realize how many times that I try to get it into their head or how many times you've tried to get it into their head and all of a sudden God says, watch what I can do. You stop with your lectures. Let me do it with my words. And God stepped into this nation and all of a sudden the hardest heart, the most wicked sinner, because the Bible says in verse 6, for the word, of the, for the, word the word came unto the king of Nineveh. I, I don't know how it got to him. But I tell you, if he, if he was the king of this vile place, it was wicked and evil and godless. And he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and he covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Can I tell you guys how often we say, well, if so-and-so gets into office, America's ruined. Did you realize it was more about the word of God than it was the king that was in office? What, what do you have your focus on? The God of this nation or, or, or the one that has the, 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 the White House of this nation? The Bible says in Jeremiah twenty-three twenty-nine, 
Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? I don't care how hard the addiction, I don't care how far they are from God, I don't care how wicked their past, their sin, or their problems are, the word of God can break down the hardness of their heart and open their eyes. Close with these two thoughts. It not only convicts, but it spreads. Verse 7 And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by a decree of the king of his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way. And from the violence that is in their hands, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away his fierce anger that we perish not? We talk about sin spreading. Have you ever thought what happened if we were to spread the truth? Greater than pornography is the word of God. Greater than any entertainment that they can put on a movie screen is the word of God. They can spread their message and spread their truth and spread their trash. What would happen if we started a wildfire with truth? Souls being saved and lives being converted and people getting saved out out of the trash and the dumps that they live in with the power of God. The last point I want you to see is, is it changes lives. Verse 10, and God saw their works and they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. One of the most wicked cities in history was changed by the preaching of truth by one man. I said, well, it can't be done again. Says who? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with America. And I'm not saying that we're going to get up and preach and all of Columbus is going to get saved tomorrow. But I can tell you this, as long as we still have the truth, God's work can still be done. If we ever get to the point where we feel like it's, it's no use, then you've lost confidence in God's word. It is still alive. It is still powerful. It can still save lives. So I'm going to throw a challenge on you guys right now. I know this was a different kind of message. This wasn't an evangelistic message. Pastor Dave asked me this today. How should we be ready for invitation? I said, I know this is not a strong evangelistic message, but it's a strong message on evangelism. It's just expository. All I'm doing is bringing you guys verse by verse. But you see the theme that God was trying to say. It does not matter how wicked the situation. Our God is still able to save and change. We have had right at 40 people baptized in the last three to four weeks. And I say that to God be the glory. To God be the glory. It's not us. But I never want us to get to the point where we say, well, that was a cool phase in our church. But I, I think it's God just saying, hey, I did it for Nineveh and I'm, I'm working. I'm on the beginning of doing something because just so you guys know, we can, we can say and talk about revival all we want. But that is revival. And I know that's not people being saved, but it represents the people that have been saved. But I do believe that maybe, maybe right now. As God's given us this new opportunity with Vacation Bible School, maybe with all the chaos in the world right now that God is saying, tell your church about the urgency. Tell them I'm coming back soon. 
Tell them that the word of God is powerful. Tell them that I can save and I can change and I can reach. But there must be a responsibility taken. There must be action that is taken. So I ask you, church, I'm asking you to pray with me. And I mean that with all my heart. I don't know what's going to happen in Bible school. I don't know what God is going to do, but I know that my God is able. But the only way that we're going to see God work is when we lift up truth and we walk in the spirit of God and we allow him to do what we cannot.